What's poppin' my Freeform Renegades? You are tuned into the Freeform Network. Thanks for joining us for another fun episode of Freeform Radio. I'm your host, Noel, with my co-host as always, Daniel. Yes, sir. Just filled up my truck with some gas, and man, these prices are better, but Jesus, man, I do miss those $2 gallons a day. That Trump era gas price, for sure. Uh, and we have Andy here. It's all good, Andy. We're, um, we're here back in the... Ready to talk our, our mouths off and keep you guys uh, informed and let you know what's going on. Well, it's a nice, beautiful day here in Chicago. Wherever you listeners are, we hope you're sitting cool, feeling good, and let's jump right into it. So, uh, Andy, it looks like college football started up again. Uh, so, what's going on with that right now? So, yeah, man, you know, with the school getting back together, uh, but when this episode drops, uh, Labor Day. As, uh, we went through Labor Day, um, so that to me that means it's a uh, uh, college football season. <clears throat> so happy Labor Day for all you people that are working and you bums that aren't get out there and get a job. You bums, uh, and there's plenty of work right now. So, um, but yeah, college football this week we just had week zero, so it's like a handful of games. Um, and next week, Labor Day is the f- week one, and there's a full slate of games. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I love college football. It's going to be probably the usual four uh, in, in, in the playoffs at the end of the year. They're predicting Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, and then the fourth team is, uh, is kind of up for grabs for that playoffs. Uh, but uh, with Big Big Ten, uh, recently getting paid for their TV deal, the SEC being one of the the top conference right now. It's uh, it's an interesting time to to watch uh, college football with all the changes that they're going. Is the 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 landscape of college football is changing with uh, with the new uh, co- uh, conference realignments with old um, teams going to new conferences, and it looks like a conference is going to die off. Um, the Pac-12. Yeah. I know you mentioned it uh, a couple podcasts ago. So is the hype diminished for college football with this restructuring now that it's like on the, you know, football just started? So the Big Ten, so the Big Two is Big Ten SEC. And there's uh, three other conferences. The The Big Ten recently had uh, USC and UCLA join the Big Ten. Um, and that's not going to start till like 2024, I believe, or 2023. Or, um, so Big Ten just their TV deal just came up, man, and they got fucking paid. They got uh like billions of dollars to get TV broadcast. Their football games get broadcast around three networks: uh, Fox, uh, NBC, and CBS. So they're kind of doing like NFL, where they have a game in the in the afternoon. Uh, they have a game at uh, like the first games like around 11. They're gonna have another game at 2:30, and then they're gonna have a primetime game at seven, broadcast within these three networks. Um, and they got fucking paid. And in the process of them doing this, uh, they killed the, the Pac-12. Uh, who knows if they're gonna make it? Uh, there's other teams talking about leaving that conference. That's like the West Coast. And um, there's still a lot of hype, but it's like they're trying to become like the NFL where 
there's two big conferences, which 20 teams each right now. Big 10 has 16 teams, and uh, the SEC has uh, 16 or 14 teams. And the other, everybody else kind of sucks. Not sucks, but they're like, they don't matter because it's going to be between the Big Ten and the SEC. So NFL, you know, NFC, AFC type of deal. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'm really excited for NFL, but I'm sure, you know, college football, regardless if they restructured and move things around and people might be upset, I'm sure people are still hyped for it to start. Yeah, like uh, Notre Dame, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. They just re-upped with NBC for their home games to be broadcast on NBC. They're getting $60 million. And um, the Big Ten teams, which big, uh, there was rumors Notre Dame was going to join the Big Ten, they're getting about they're gonna get about 60 to $70 million a year. And then in like three years, four years, it's going to be $100 million a year per school. So think about that. Like it's uh, it's a lot of fucking money being thrown around. Um, but keep your uh, keep listening here. I'll, I'll give everybody an update on uh, on all that because uh, you know college football to me the tradition the pageantry to me it's very key in in, in the in the regional uh, alignment. It was a big thing, but now it's it's just morphing into like professional football like xfl and afl or uh or the usfl that recently came out um and pretty soon i'm pretty sure college players are going to get paid and even ea i believe is having a new ncaa football game come out and i heard they're pay they're going to kick back to some of the players that are referenced there and that they're on that on the, those games Oh, nice, man. So uh, Notre Dame, man, are they projected to to lead this year? Or are they going to be mediocre? So this year, right now, the preseason poll has them ranked fifth in the country. And uh, Ohio State is number two. Their first game's against Ohio State. so And they're ranked two. So we'll see how they do. I don't predict. I don't think they're going to make the playoff this year. Um, they didn't make it last year, but they're in a bowl six. Uh one of the bowls, the New Year Bowls. Um, we'll see. They got a new coach. Their old coach left. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, to me, it's a rebuild year. So I'm hoping they win at least uh, like nine games, eight, nine games. Yeah, because the coach left, right? Yeah, he left to LSU. He came in like at six in the morning, had a team meeting. He's like, I'm out later. It was like a five-minute meeting he just rolled left in his cadillac and went to louisiana he flicked him off like mike dicker <laughs> yeah he's like i'm getting paid i'm out and he left <laughs> um but yeah i'll keep you guys everybody updated uh, i just wanted to say uh i'm glad college football there was a couple good games yeah there was a good game yesterday uh yesterday the northwestern uh, versus nebraska Came down to the wire in Northwestern one, and that game play, that game was played in Ireland. Um, the other thing I got, which I'm kind of fucking pissed off, which uh, is with the White Sox with Larusa. It's just like this whole fucking season's been a disappointment, and there was there's a lot of hype around the Sox, uh, just injuries, 
Tony LaRusso's uh, mismanagement of the game um, has been just, I remember talking to people at work in like June, talking to them, I was telling them like LaRusso needs to go, like I think the game passed them by, and um, just these, how can I put this nicely, he has not been good this year, he wasn't that great last year, he got on to the playoffs, he just fucked it up, and um, they're just not good, man, they're not good. Yeah, man, it is. I, I'm a Sox fan. Uh, I don't know if I'm disappointed because I wasn't. I didn't have my hypes up too too high. I thought this year was like a bridge to the playoffs, so that possibly next year we can really hit it hard. But I was still kind of hopeful that this year we would make a good playoff run. Now, granted, there's still a good month of baseball left. Anything could happen in that month. But I think right now they're like on a three-game losing streak. They're under 500 again. They were a couple games above 500, which was hopeful. Uh, but they could never climb out of that third spot, man. And we have a weak division, so you just need to get on a hot run, and you could be in first place. We were like two games away from first place at one point uh, about a week or so ago. They were a half game out, um, I think, earlier in the week. And then they fell off. And then uh, yesterday, they lost yesterday. And then um, they were, uh, uh, what was I saw the stands? They were like four games out. And two other teams were ahead of them. Um, And I just like, I was doing the math. I'm like, those teams got to lose a lot. And the Sox need to get fucking hot. And like you said, there's a good month uh, worth of games left. Uh, But I just, the way they... They've been going this whole season. I, I don't see that happening with, with La Russa. Unless, like, La Russa, La Russa puts his drink down and gets his shit together. I, I, don't, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I kind of foresee this is probably going to be his last year. Unless they make, like, a, a, you know, win division or wild card win. Something like that where it kind of shows some promise. My, my feeling is that this is probably his last year. The Sox traditionally don't typically get rid of coaches you know like at the you know before the end of the season so um i'm, I'm thinking la is going to play out the year and depending on if make, they make the playoffs or not um he, he's probably going to be gone but yeah i think that the the hardest part because i don't think la is a terrible coach but i think with the injuries it definitely compounded the problems for sure yeah i mean um the the injuries i mean you can't Everybody's going to deal with injuries. You do what you can. But the, the way he's handled the bullpen, it's the pitching. It's been horrible, dude. It's been horrible. And then uh, I don't know if you got it. We have an, I'm in a group text. Danny's in it. I don't know if you had a chance to see. I sent this video where Lurus was walking out. And that guy goes, pinch hit, uh, put this guy in. And Larusa turns around. And he's like, huh? It's like pinch hit so and so or something. And he fucking listened to that guy. And the guy scored uh he got a hit and he got a run in. <laughs> and then they're like people on Twitter started putting memes like put this guy is uh is the new manager of the White Sox. <laughs> so right. it was fucking hilarious. And I seen pictures of like LaRusso fucking sleeping. I seen uh things um he's forgotten a couple things. To me, I'm just like Unfortunately, I'm like the games passed him by, man. Like, it just he doesn't 
he should just retire and be happy, man. He's won a lot of championships, but I don't think he's gonna win one here. Win one here with Chicago. Yeah, no, man. That sleeping thing. I think it's just hate memes out there of people. They're just looking for ways to hate and kind of put visceral stuff out there. It's a video that's slowed down. If you look at it, the video is at a slower frame than the rest of it. So when he closes his eyes, which he does close it for, you know, a second or two, it, you know, it just like uh, makes it even worse. So right. because the video slowed down, you think he's thinking and strategizing when he has his eyes closed or he's like, man, I need a drink. Well, he only had his eye closed for like two seconds. So, I mean, if you're going to call the guy a has been for closing his eyes for two seconds, but somebody slows the video down it makes it look like he's sleeping for five or six Does seconds. Two seconds that, mean is that a sufficient enough of time to say he was he dozed off? Well, I guess I, I guess if you close it for two seconds and that's the like case. like head go down for a second and he got up. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that. It <laughs> I think wasn't. I seen that one. Nah, <laughs> nah, man. But Larusa, I mean, like I said, he had his time, and even last year there was rumbling some players didn't like his managing style and. He's good old school fo- uh, football. He's good old fashioned baseball, but I-, I think the way he's handled the bullpen the last two years, um, he just he doesn't have it no more, man. Uh, I'm so, I hate to say it, like I thought I was, I was hoping it would really work out. It didn't, um, but it, it's time to move on because your core of this team, I think. You have like the this is like their final year, or I think Abreu is like in a final year, and you got some other young uh, uh, baseball players, Eloy and, and Luis Roberts, Mancada, all those guys. I think most of them their contracts are going to be up in the next year or two. So I, at most you got another two years, and then the bullpen, you know, pitching has always been a fucking issue. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to sign. Uh, any more pitching knowing the Sox history, they're not crazy about signing. They sign a lot of pitchers that broken down and they kind of rehab, but they're not going to, they're not, I haven't really seen, uh, I mean, they developed C's uh, and some other guys, but <clears throat> um, I just see their times up, man. I, I, I For La Russa, and I don't see them making a run and, and making any type of playoffs, a wild card, a play-in game, the division, I just don't see that happening. Even if they make it, what are they going to do? I mean, uh, I, I, I I don't think they terrify anybody. I mean, they beat up Houston. That's a pretty good fucking team. And then they lose to, like, Kansas City and and uh, some, like, piece of shit teams. And I'm just like, of course. Like, you guys uh, you guys <laughs> fucking can't beat the, the teams that you're supposed to beat. You can't. And then you play up to the level of those good teams and you win a series. But then you fucking come out stinking against kansas city like it's fucking kansas city man they suck yeah i think it is weird that they they beat up on these harder teams and then the the teams that you figure all right this is our chance to gain some momentum and they struggle so it is weird so which i think what i'm hearing is that man it's time to get onto the bears because they went undefeated in the playoffs or in the <laughs> preseason man is that yeah. what i'm hearing in my group text you're like yeah the bears are preseason champs they went undefeated Right. So get that, get that fucking hang that banner up. Let, let's get this shit going. But I got the I got the banner in the front in my oh, front shit. door. But I got no the Bears. preseason, baby. I, yeah, I got the banner up, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like 
I like what I saw in this final game, but yeah, it's. I feel like it's kind of bullshit. I mean, and then they got the 49ers the first week. Just real quick, I don't see them beating the 49ers, even if they put that rookie quarterback. And, or not the rookie, the second year, Trey Lance. And then I think they got the Packers, right? Yeah, and Packers week two, Monday night, which they typically don't do good on yeah. uh, oh, Monday, Monday night. Oh, uh, no, Sunday night. No, I think Sunday it's night, Sunday. Oh, yeah, it's, national it's, audience. Oh yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a shit show, dude. Right. It's gonna, yeah. And then fucking Rogers, I own you, shit. Uh, just go, man. We're fucking. Uh, now I'm getting depressed. Then. <laughs> oh and two right off the bat. And then you know there's a statistic in the NFL when you start oh and two, like you are like. 80 like 90 percent you're not making the playoffs that year you know there's like this nfl statistic yeah but did uh, you read the other statistic that if you go undefeated in the preseason you you're statistically better chances to make the playoffs i read that this morning oh man Bro, it's so i meant so so it's statistic versus statistic here man we'll see what happens i, I like my numbers better because this is the preseason got shortened to a game uh, Three games. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so maybe if we played four games, we would have lost. Nah, the they would have played four. I'm like, okay, they're fucking for real. Let's do this. But <laughs> no, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, I, now I'm really think went to deep dive into that fucking start of the season. I'm like, oh man. So yeah, we'll see. We'll 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 let you know how that goes. Um, but you guys, let us know what you think of. Your sports team, especially the Bears, are going to do it at the NFL. I know we got some listeners in California, um, across this country. Uh, if you follow football, let us know at ffnquestions at gmail.com. Um, and let us know what, how you think your team's going to do. And then we could talk about it in future shows. Uh, because I feel like now more people get NFL news. You know, there's ESPN and Fox Sports, but. Uh, I know a lot of people now listen to podcasts or like uh, internet shows or YouTube reaction shows more and more. I get they're getting more popular the last couple of years. Uh, I even know my cousin who lives in Minnesota. He listens. He was telling me he listens to a podcast to know what's going on with the Bears, which was kind of shocking to me. But uh, just the, the sign of the times, I and mean, people are just consuming uh, the way they know uh, sports events now even more differently. So. Well, you know, let us know what you guys think. Um, but with that being said, let's go over to Danny. I see he watched uh, a show. Uh, it's called Downfall. So let us know what that's about. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys heard about this. Uh, I've been like into these like docky, uh mystery documentary things, docudramas or, or whatever. Docu-series and, or doc- yeah. a documentary? Well, this one's a docu series, but I've been like getting into that, like watching documentaries, watching uh, like I watched one about staircase where this guy threw his wife down the stairs, and uh, this one in particular is what? Netflix. Wait, uh, what? How did he throw her down the stairs? <laughs> well, it, the it, yeah, it's it's a long drawn out well, thing, and, and actually, he, like, literally it's, pushed her down. Well, it, it, the 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 start of the show uh, this is a different one, not this downfall one. This the staircase one. It's a like a six episode documentary thing, and it's where the guys supposedly he was like in the hot tub 
that he came inside and his wife was just at the bottom of the stairs. And oh. so he he calls 911. He's like an actor or something. I, I forget what, I what he was. Yeah. yeah. And then and then through investigation and investigating, investigating or whatever, at the end, they ended up finding out that he threw his wife down the stairs and staged the whole thing. They're like uh, in New York or something, right? Yeah, I, I do kind of remember somewhere. like in East Coast. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, been yeah, a while yeah, since exactly. I watched it, but that was yeah. actually a pretty good documentary. But yeah, this 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 one here, Downfall Boeing, it's about the Boeing airplane aircraft. Um, they used to be based out of Seattle. And it's been a while since I've seen this documentary, probably like a month or two. But it was a company based in Seattle and they were huge on engineering. So they had like this huge engineering firm, like hundreds of engineers and their profit margin was very low because they were, they had that mentality of kind of like that German engineering BMW stuff where we're going to engineer the shit out of this equipment and make it the best that it can be. And that's what we stand for. So this documentary shows them in Seattle, putting that mindset where they had quality control over quality control all throughout. And then uh, Chicago actually offered them like this awesome deal with all these like tax benefits to move their facilities here. So they ended up moving to the uh, Chicago area and the documentary goes into where that was part of where this company started going downhill where they started cutting corners, they got sold or somebody merged or bought them. Uh, and Boeing? It, yeah, the Boeing company. Yeah. And so started getting to the point where they started trimming a lot of those special features because they're like, oh, well, why do we need, you know, 20 inspectors? C- can't you five guys do it? And then, you know, why, why do we need so many engineers, you know? let's outsource some of this work and it'll be cheaper. And then why do we need this specialty part? Let's, you know, get this cheaper alternative version. And so they started cutting a lot of corners to the point where their competitors started taking over because everybody, as soon as you heard Boeing, you're like, that's an awesome aircraft. It's the standard of the industry. Right. It's like, it's the Cadillac of the industry. It's like, when you hear that name, you're like, man, this is a good, this is a good plane. And so these other aircraft company fabricators started gaining momentum and started, you know, building better planes or whatever. And so the documentary goes into all these shortcomings that they started doing to the point where they kind of reinvented an airplane that they already did. And they just slapped on this added additive to kind of make it look newer, but it wasn't really tested. And that's, what the documentary really dives into how they added this feature to kind of stabilize this larger plane. Cause they ended up putting like these large jet engines onto an aircraft that they never tested. And these newer Boeing airplanes from the documentary, they started crashing. There was like two or three crashes and right away, Boeing's like, it's the pilot, the pilots screwing up. The pilots are screwing up. The drunk. And, and uh, yeah, so the documentary goes into it. At the end, they, you know, kind of surmise that it was Boeing. It was a shortcoming where no matter what the pilot would do, uh, two systems that are inside of the Boeing aircraft were fighting each other to the point where the pilots would lose control and the aircrafts would go down. But it was. I kind of recall this happening live when it happened, which I think it was like 10 years ago that the actual events happened. Uh, And 
I remember it. I remember it. You know, I'm not a huge flyer, so it didn't really impact me directly. But I do remember all of this going on. And I think Netflix did a pretty good uh, job. Sometimes you see documentaries and you kind of see they're just kind of snowballing a bunch of the bad stuff to kind of prove their point and they're not being really objective. But this one, I, I got to say, was one of the better documentaries that they did. And and I do re- recommend for people that are into stuff like that, uh, documentaries, to go check that out. Um, in, in fact, I just finished this other one that I really didn't care for as much. I, I don't know if you guys remember that uh, D.B. Cooper that ended up robbing. Yeah, uh, the plane. He jumped off the plane with cash. Right, right. Yeah. Do you Have you heard of that, Noel? Yeah, actually, uh, that's a well, that's a pretty old uh, story. It's pretty popular. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's you know it's something that I've seen a few documentaries before, but there's a new one that just came out by Netflix as well, and that one I gotta say wasn't as good. Uh, the it was like a six episode thing, and for that one, the first couple episodes were were good to half decent, but then. You could kind of feel like they're stretching it out. And I'm like, why make it a six episode thing if you don't have six episode of content? It's like towards the end, they just started throwing whatever they had, you know, just to kind of fill up the episodes. So that is a documentary that maybe is not as good, but it's a cool thought because I I think that's really interested that D.B. Cooper thing. Did they name I seen on I don't know if you guys know Coast to Coast A.M., they had an investigator that he 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 says that he solved it. It was some guy living in California. Did yeah, they say that in the document. I remember hearing this like before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it was before the pandemic, and the documentary does go into it because National Geographic was going to do a documentary on it, and they had hired this one uh, investigator that, yeah. that that is part of this documentary as well, the DB Cooper one. Um, and in the documentary, he's got all this stuff to show that it's this guy living in Seattle or wherever he was living. And they go, they confront him. He says, no, the FBI thought that it was him as well. And they got all these interview tapes and these huge files based on it being him. And in the documentary, before they finalize it, the guy ends up dying and he never confirmed or denied or anything like that, um, that, that he was DB Cooper. So, um, I, I think for the most part, we'll probably never find out who he was. And, and what, what I thought was cool that I didn't know was that D.B. Cooper wasn't actually even his name. No, yeah. Yeah, that he, I, I think his name was Daniel, if I remember right, or Dan or something like that. I don't remember. I just know, yeah, the there's like a drawing of him, and I, I forgot what name. or And, like, the fight was, like, it was just him, right? He made him retake uh uh, re, re take off again or some shit. Right, right. Jumped off, yeah. But yeah, that that's another documentary that, unlike Downfall, wasn't as good. So sometimes you get a hit, sometimes you you don't. But uh, Downfall for Boeing, I thought it was really interesting, especially because I remember it um, happening live. And then at Chicago, it plays a role in it just because. Uh, they moved their facility here, and actually, I think they just left Chicago, and they're they're not here anymore. But um, uh, a good documentary for you people out there interested. Uh, something else that I did, man, I, I was just beat Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation Five. Uh, I checked my counter on it, 
87 hours it took me oh. to to beat it uh ghost of tsushima on playstation 5 and man i gotta say it was it was super awesome man that game was was really really good and it's, it's probably like one of the last few games that i've played that i really enjoyed and i wanted to like do about as much as i could in the game to get every little ounce of it um but yeah man it was it was super cool man i i, I don't know if you guys heard of it or even know the premise of ghost of tsushima you know i, I don't have uh, playstation i haven't had one for a bit so i i don't have access to the game yet until they bring it over to pc which hopefully be in the future but I do know it's about like the samurais and it has like really good combat system in terms of using like a bladed weapon and all that. Yeah, that that that's true. It's it's really samurai uh, based. They do take liberties and they don't use things that are a hundred percent authentic to the timeline. But the game, what I remember seeing it first in the trailers years ago before they released it because it actually got released for PlayStation Four. And then they uh, released a PlayStation 5 patch, and that's when I started playing it. And um, back when the trailer was, I was just like, man, this looks really cinematic and really up close because the camera's really close to the characters. Uh, It had like a Resident Evil 4 kind of vibe where the character is so big on the screen that he kind of takes up a lot of room. Um, And it kind of gave me that vibe the first time I saw PlayStation uh, Resident Evil 4's trailer as well. And when you end up playing it, 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 the character is big on the screen, but um, the cinematography on it, the storyline, it's a really cool story about um, uh, this uh, one guy. He goes out there with with his family. Uh, Everybody gets demolished. The uncle ends up getting captured he's near death and then he ends up it's the story of him trying to come back to free his uncle uh from being from the captors that are coming in the mongols uh, that captured him and and defeating them and then ended up getting the uncle and then going after like the main guy that that ended up evading uh the tsushima island and really cool man really good backstory the game actually ended up raising money to help rebuild Tsushima Island and it's a very revered game apparently because now they're making even a movie on it so really cool man I mean it's too bad if you know since you don't have a PlayStation you can't play it uh but it is on PlayStation 4 like I mentioned and uh it was super awesome man the the blade action was cool um you know it's almost more like real life where you just have to slash people uh once or twice and you kind of kill them uh versus something where you got to hit them like a hundred times for for enemies to be killed so uh you have to be on the defensive it's really cool i i really enjoyed it and a lot of the little touches make this one of the more beautiful games that i've seen and especially on playstation 5 it just looks awesome runs fast and it has some Really, really good video, man. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and I can okay. only imagine how good it looks because uh, the PS4 version, it looked really beautiful. So on the PS5 with all the ray tracing and all the other shit that they got going, I could only imagine, dude. Uh, I heard about this game a few years back when uh, my cousin Ismail played it 
uh, he said it was like a masterpiece. He said it was one of the best games he's played on the PS4. And uh, so now that they have all the updates on it and PS5 and all that, I can only imagine, you know, it's a, it's a really good game. Yeah, for sure, man. And and I don't think you'll have to wait too much uh, just because PlayStation's been releasing more and more uh, PC games. Um, just recently, they just released a Spider-Man, that, uh, yeah. first Spider-Man that came out. And, man, I've, I've seen some videos with mods and, and stuff that people are doing on PCs, and it's nuts. And um, God of War released before, the Uncharted uh, collection, and, you know, it's more and more PlayStation's releasing on PC. So much so that I heard that they might release, like, their own launcher, kind of like uh, Epic and Steam and stuff like that. So there's there's some word that PlayStation might, you know, start exploring PC gaming more and and start releasing more games there. So... We'll have to see. I, I don't think you'll have to wait too much longer for maybe Ghost of Tsushima. Hopefully, you'll get it soon. Um, yeah, that's yeah, the hope, man. They're definitely bringing a lot of games over, so you know it's only a matter of time. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Noel, let's let's get over to you, man. Uh, I'm kind of interested in this as well. It's a Hulu movie, uh, Prey. It's uh, the new Predator movie. Uh, How'd you like it? I'm hearing kind of mixed vibes out there from it. So uh, tell us what you think about it. Yeah, dude. Um, so I watched it uh, this this past week. And uh, it, it was one of those movies that I, I knew I was going to watch eventually, but I didn't get around to it right when it came out. And uh, anyway, it's it's a pretty short movie. It's not like too long, maybe about a little over an hour and a half. And uh, I, I really liked it, man. And I didn't have any expectations going into it. I saw the trailer and I was like, ah, you know, maybe it could be good. Maybe it'll be woke, you know. It's one of those things because all the movies nowadays, they have a certain agenda and, you know, certain uh, certain boxes they want to check off. So I'm just like, ah, are they doing this again? Are they just trying to prop up one gender over the other and make, you know, one gender look stupid and one gender look awesome? But actually in this movie... They they don't really do that at all. It's um, it kind of reminded me of like back in the in the old days, you had high quality writing that allowed for multiple characters of various backgrounds to be, you know, pretty cool in their own right. And the main character, uh, the, the this female, she's uh, a member of a tribe who is kind of going against the grain and trying to become a warrior. As opposed to like a, a gatherer, like most of our other female, uh, you know, tribe members. And so as she's trying to do this, her, her older brother is, you know, kind of rooting for her. But at the same time, kind of telling her like, hey, there are limitations. You might not be able to do this. Just be prepared for that. And uh, she wants to take on this kind of test, you know, test of, of like warrior spirit. And she has to hunt down this animal that's been you know kind of killing off like tribe members uh it's like a tiger right like a like a pretty big like mountain lion tiger type thing and so she's trying to hunt it and save one of her tribe members and she almost kills the tiger she actually almost does it um but things happen so she's unable to do it and so it's pretty much everybody thinks yeah you know what she's not cut out for this you know let's, let's just have her be the the gatherer or whatever but along the way uh she notices like some peculiar stuff going around 
especially in the town, in the tribe village that she lives in, she noticed some weird stuff. And on the way that they were hunting the lion, they noticed some tracks that were like from some big creature that she couldn't really pinpoint what it was. She'd never seen something like that before. You know, it turned it out to be Predator. And so you, you hear like sounds and you see lights in the sky and you don't really know what the hell's going on. But it turns out that, yeah, Predator is being dropped off. And I don't know if you guys know much about Predator lore, but um, in the lore, Predator was an alien race that would be going to different planets with the with the goal of like hunting the strongest thing on that planet and being able to kill it. And that that's how you prove it's kind of like a tribal thing as well. Like it's how you prove you're a warrior. You go to a planet that you've never been to and you either conquer the planet or you kill the strongest creature on that planet. Right. And so that's what the predator was doing. It was trying to hunt down what, whatever the strongest thing was. And it, it encounters animals. It encounters like the, the tribe members. And then finally she, uh, she ends up coming against it. And, uh, man, it's, it's pretty good, dude. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of, you know, action in it. But there's also like strategy, and it's not like she just comes out here like I'm a woman, I can do everything. Now she has to think, she has to be smart, because this creature, this this predator, is incredibly powerful, stronger than the you know the strongest bear you've ever seen. So it can overpower a bear, it can overpower any animal. It has the high tech. Although what's cool about this one is it's not the same predator as the one with the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's an actual prequel to that movie. So um, it does tie into it a little bit, but it's a prequel to that. And its technology, although still a very, very advanced compared to the tribe members, it, you can see some differences from the first movie and this one that uh, you could tell like it's an earlier prototype of the technology uh, prior to when he went to you know, the jungle in the, the 80s or whenever Predator 1 takes place. It's because if they would have, he would have come back to the 80s, Schwarzenegger would have fucked them up again. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, because these guys are, are Native Americans, right? They just have bow and arrows and sp- spears and shit. No, not right. this girl, Then She's smart. Come on now. Well, I mean, her tribe. <laughs> she has a said... rock and shit or something. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe she... a rock, too. <laughs> yeah. She uses a... Uh... She uses an axe. It's more like a hatchet, I guess you could say. Yeah, something like like a hatchet, but it's with a stone, and she'll sharpen the stone. So they're still very primitive, um, but they, they they're connected to nature. They're really good at hunting and tracking. So it's not like they're helpless. You know, they're they're still warriors. And the, right, yeah, right. I actually really dug that vibe. It's kind of like Apocalypto meets Predator. So Sweet. like I I really dug that part of it. Yeah. I saw the the thing on Hulu like on my screen like what the fuck is this and I I think the 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 little picture had like the three dots I'm like is this Predator and I watched the trailer like it is fucking Predator like like man this shit went straight to Hulu like fuck they don't even want to put it in the theater so you like know, I was and I was just surprised yeah yeah and then I was like I don't know like I kind of want to see it and I don't and I was just like ah like. And then I saw the female on the girl, and I'm like, it's going to be some woke shit or something. <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't that's when I was like, I don't know. Like, I got to see it before I shit on it, but I'm in no rush to see it. I do want to see it, but I'm in no rush to see it. You know, I understand why you think that, man. That's that's kind of the way things have been lately, the past couple of years. So I, I don't blame you for having that line of thought, but I, I'll say you're wrong, dude, just like I was wrong. 
and I'm glad I watched it. Um, whenever you do get around to it, I, I have a feeling you're probably going to like it because she, she earns everything she gets. Nothing is just handed to her. Um, I will say there are there's like one scene in particular that I kind of critiqued because I'm like, would a female really be able to do that? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, if she's trained, maybe. But other than that, most of it she has to use strategy. Uh, she knows she's up against something that's very intelligent, that has technology. And uh, they do speak their native language for a bit, but then they also do English. So it's like a combination. It's pretty cool to see that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the ending was satisfying. I, I was really satisfied with the ending. And uh, I'm, I'm eager to see what they're going to do with this going forward. I don't think she'll be in the next movie or anything. I think it was a one and done type deal. But I, I actually liked her as the actress. I, I, it reminded me of Alien. So like Ripley, like the she was a cool character in her own right. They didn't have to prop her up to be like, you know, feminine power, this and that. She was just a cool character in a shitty situation, and she did the best she could to get out of it. And that's kind of what, what happens here. It, it's definitely more in the thriller, horror aspect, kind of like Alien was, versus like an action adventure. Uh, which is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a Predator that went back to its roots, like the original first Predator with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it was more like a horror thing. It was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what what kind of creatures killing everybody off in the in the jungle? And that's kind of the feeling they had. It was like, it, it felt like Jason, like Friday the 13th, but Predator. And so I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I really enjoyed it. I would probably give it uh, seven and a half out of ten. Uh, I would have given an eight, but there was one scene that I, like I said, uh, yeah, that I would, I would have changed a little bit. I would have tweaked a little bit, but seven, uh, seven and a half out of 10 is what I would give that. I recommend everyone get a chance to watch it. Um, and I also watched another movie that was really highly rated, man. I think just about everyone unanimously loved this movie. And so I was like, you know what? I got to check it out, dude. I'm not the biggest fan of this franchise, but I, I had to check it out. Um, and that's Top Gun Maverick. It's a sequel to the original Top Gun that came back out in the 80s. And um, I, I did see the original, but that was like maybe, a, you know, years ago. So it wasn't really fresh in my head, but I still kind of remember the gist of what happened. And uh, I remember Tom Cruise, I remember Val Kilmer, and I remember Tom Cruise had a partner that passed away uh, in the first movie. So Goose. in this movie, Goose, that's right. Uh, in this movie, um, Goose had a son. His name is Rooster, and Rooster's also part of the Navy. And uh, there, it looks like there's some drama between Maverick and Rooster. And so they, they kind of focus on that as well as Maverick being at the tail end of his career. He's already getting ready to retire and he wants to still fly the planes. He's, he still wants to be an active part of everything, but the military themselves don't want to let him be part of it anymore. They're specifically like trying to sabotage his career or not necessarily sabotage, but like they're trying to limit his involvement in future projects and future missions. Um, but Val Kilmer rises up the ranks and he ends up giving him an opportunity to train the new the new group of people uh that will take over for like you know any kind of special missions kind of like he used to do back within the days where he you know flew with a goose and all that an ice man so anyway he gets to train this new group of people and one of them happens to be rooster uh, goose's son and so there's a you know there's drama and all that 
But apart from the drama between them two is the very real fact that this team has to be prepared to go on a very difficult mission, a mission that, you know, they might not come back from because the odds are so stacked against them. The equipment that they have to use, they're going to be using F-16s or 18s, F-18s. They use F-18s and they're going up against like Russian or something like that, um, military aircrafts that are on another level. So it's like all the odds are stacked against them and Maverick has to prepare them for this mission. And man, dude, I, I, that's pretty much the, the gist of the plot. But in terms of the actual like production and the the quality of videography, I really liked it, dude. It felt like I was flying up in there with them. Like the the angles they use, the the way they, they show the speed and the way they the the environment, the the you know, the cinematography in general was was on point, dude. I really like that. Um, it was cool seeing Tom Cruise in the movie. He still looks really young, dude. I don't know what his regimen is, but this guy looks like he doesn't age. Uh, obviously, he looks older than he did in the original movie. Man. Right? I, shit. Do you think they CG his face to make him look young, or is that just the way he looks? You know, I had that He's question, always looked dude. young in all his movies. It's weird. I mean, he just he looks a little bit older. Um, but like he doesn't have wrinkles. I think he's maybe put on a couple like ten pounds or something, but he doesn't look like like yeah, Top Gun's like I think in the early, late eighties, early nineties. Like think about that, dude. That's almost what, thirty, forty plus years or thirty years ago. So he's almost he should be like in his late fifties. He was born I think in sixty two. So yeah. he would be sixty years old right yeah. now. He doesn't look yeah. like he's sixty, yeah. So no, yeah. It's it might I'm assuming he he does have some type of regiment, but a lot of makeup, but he does he's aged pretty well, I'll give you that. Well what I was curious about is like, you know how I don't know if you've seen the movie Irishman. Yeah, right, like that the aging looked terrible, man. Yeah. The question I have is that because they were I mean, Robert De Niro is a lot older. He's like 70s, you know, so I mean, to make him like look like 30 and 40, you, you need some like miracle CGI. But to make Tom Cruise, who generally looks younger just by himself, would you be able to use a little bit of CGI to make him look just a little bit younger? You know right, what I mean? Right, for so sure. So maybe that's what they did. So they didn't go heavy on it, but he definitely looked like he was in his 40s, 50s. Um, and the guy can still move around, man. He, they had, you know, one of those scenes where they're playing like uh, on the beach again and shit. And I started laughing. I'm like, hey, at least this time they have girls, you know? It's not just yeah. little guys and shit. Like when you saw <clears throat> the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy, and they have that opening uh, scene where it's Kurt Russell, and they're playing all those music and shit. And like, you look when I saw that scene, that shit looked so real because he was in a lot of movies uh, in the seven. 70s and 80s and he looked just like that and i'm like god damn man like if that's some cgi we're like they're fucking there where you could do anything and they asked kurt russell like is that you in the beginning he said that's all him but then nah they're like well that's not true they used a stand-in or something but a lot of it was cgi but if you look at that scene where they're in the car and she the mom's telling uh the guy about her dad that Kurt Russell played, and you look at him, and I'm like, fuck to me. I'm like, that should look real as fuck. Um, and yeah. that's probably one of the best CGI where they made him look young scenes ever compared to the Irishman, because Irishman, 
yeah, it was a hack job, dude. There was some like like this is not believable. <laughs> like he, he it, it wasn't it was not good. But if you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy, the sequel, that Kurt Russell in the beginning when he's really young, I'm like, holy shit, that that looks real to me. Well, I think like Noel said, it was a bigger leap for the Irishman. It was, you had a, the age eighty year old guys to make them look thirties, and you know the the only question I have about Maverick, Maverick is that they play the Danger Zone song, man. Yeah, is that, yeah. yeah? They, they play man, some cool songs in there, man. Yeah. In the original Top Gun, man, I I just recently watched it actually because I was interested in watching Maverick, but I'm like, man, I haven't seen Top Gun ever. I hadn't seen it ever. I knew of it, but I never seen it. And I watched it, and to be honest, it kind of turned me off from watching Maverick. I mean, that Danger Zone song, man, it must have came out like six times. And then that Take My Breath Away song, that was like another six times. And I'm like, dude, did, what was the budget on this movie? You guys couldn't get like three other songs to kind of pepper in there? I was I just mean, like, Jesus that, Christ. That sex scene where that song was playing and shit, that, that ultimate bang scene. Right, man. I'm like, damn, man, again? It's like every time that chick would walk in, take my breath away. And I was just like, damn, man. It's like her, it's like her following me. Everywhere she goes, that song is just playing. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, it, this movie, uh, they had a much bigger budget. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they, it definitely didn't look cheap at all, man. The, the whole movie from start to finish, I'm sure it cost them a pretty penny because – it looked good. It looked really good, and it was an, a genuinely good movie that didn't have like woke influence. It just felt like a good movie, man. Like the old days, you know. You just go to the theater and you watch just a good, solid two-hour movie, and then you could, you know, move on with your life. And uh, that—that's what it was. It had a decent plot from start to finish. I wanted to watch the whole thing through. It's not like I wanted to take a break and like play with my phone or go on Instagram or fucking YouTube and shit. No. I wanted to see what was going to happen next. What was going to happen next? Are they going to be ready for this mission? Are they going to survive this? And, man, it was pretty cool. And like I said, if you're into planes and you're into, like, you know, all that stuff, I remember back in the day, fucking Ace Combat on PS2. So, like, I, I do like, like, flying stuff. And, yeah, so this this was a cool game, dude. I mean, a cool movie. Yeah, I do recommend people watch it when they get a chance. I would probably give this one an 8 out of 10. Nice, nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's pretty much catching up on what I've seen recently. Uh, it looks like now we're going to just go ahead and get into our article of the week. All right, so here we have an article. It comes from uh, returntonow.net. Uh, there are a few other websites that will have this same information, but this is where we got this uh, particular article. And the headline reads, U.S. Appeals Court agrees to hear Amish farmer Amos Miller's food freedom case. And so if anyone uh, is not aware, uh, this Amish farmer named Amos Miller, he has this uh, you know, huge farm where he has uh, you know, cattle, he has uh, you know, chickens, he has pigs he has a lot of food and stuff like that and he he has about 4000 members in this private food club to whom he sells you know all this you know meat and dairy products and they're not USDA all adulterated so he doesn't go through the process that the USDA mandates uh farmers to go through 
And because he hasn't gone through this process and because they ordered him to stop and he still hasn't, he is right now facing fines upwards of $300,000 uh, and possible jail time uh, because he's been selling all this meat that's hasn't gone through the rigorous process of USDA certification that would allow for the addition of preservatives that are with chemicals and stuff like that. So um, really quick, it says here, Amos Miller says he's being persecuted by the federal government for practicing his religious freedom to raise and prepare food the way he believes God intended food to be raised and prepared in accordance with nature. Miller practices rotational grazing on a small holistically managed century-old farm in Burdenhand, Pennsylvania. Uh, his heritage-bred cows are raised on organic pastures with the chickens following behind, eating bugs from their droppings, and whey-fed pigs trampling all the fertilizer back into the ground behind them. He has about 4,000 members part of this club that, you know, sell meat, eggs, dairy products, uh, as well as fermented fruits and vegetables. And they're willing to spend as much money as it costs to get it shipped across the country. They don't trust going to the, you know, grocery stores. And, hey, I don't blame them. But last spring, a federal judge ordered Miller to stop all production or all sales of the meat. And he sent U.S. Marshals to search his property, search his store and his freezers to take inventory of all his, you know, meat product. And they're going to visit him every few months to make sure that he hasn't consistently slaughtered more animals and that he hasn't sold any more of the product. Unfortunately, yeah, last summer, the judge also ordered Miller to pay $250,000 for contempt of court, and he also had to pay the salaries of the USDA investigators that were assigned to his case. And now it's about $300,000, and which pretty much amounts to enough to put him out of business. Uh, in May, the judge told Miller he had no right to represent himself in court after Miller attempted to fire his court-appointed attorney, whom he believed was not making any effort to defend him. You know, the guy was probably paid off. And so stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, Miller's an Amish farmer, so I, I understand why he would probably want to represent himself because, yeah, it's just that's the way things go nowadays. Uh, so Miller is taking the matter into his own hands, uh, and he's whether or not he has the legal right to defend himself in the U.S., he's appealing it in Philadelphia, and it's delaying this upcoming September district court hearing. So people are asking, well, what's the big deal here? What's the crime? What's he doing? So the slaughtering and processing of the meat he raises on his own farm and selling it fresh frozen to his members of the private buying club who've all signed contracts stating that they understand the meat is not processed in the USDA or treated with USDA chemicals and preservatives because that's how they want it and that's how they're wanting to buy this. But the USDA thinks that its customers are too dumb to think for themselves and that they need somebody to protect them, something like the government. So there is a rigorous process that they have to go through, and the USDA uh, processing plants are required to treat all meat, even local grass-fed and the organic variety, with synthetic preservatives. And it says here they often use citric acid, which they think comes from origins or lemons, but instead it's actually a modified substance made from corn, and they don't even label it on the meat. So the USDA processing plants require the meat to be treated with a chemical cocktail of citric acid, lactic acid, and parasitic acid. So that this is all comes from a customer that handles Miller's website and modern communications, um, mainly because Miller's Amish, so he doesn't really deal with you know modern uh, things like that. 
And the parasitic acid is toxic, and citric and lactic acid are GMO because they're made from the corn. And corn, I don't know if you know, but the majority of it, if not all of it, is now GMO. So it's really hard to find the, the old good stuff. And it's not lactic acid coming from the fermentation of sauerkraut. It's all created in a dish in a lab. It's synthetic sterilizer that causes many health problems. And uh, so our members don't want any of that, said Miller. They want fresh, raw meat with no additives. Our members went, want it straight from the farm with no preservatives in it. And, you know, it goes into more details in here. Uh, I would recommend people give this a, a quick read. Uh, it's not a very long article, but it does raise a lot of questions here in terms of uh, how the government is persecuting, you know, just innocent farmers that are trying to do the right thing. And uh, especially in Amish, I thought they had certain protections. Apparently they do not. Apparently they're the rest, they're like the rest of us. Um, but yeah, it brings up a lot of questions, man. What do you guys think about all this? Yeah, man, I, 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 I like I, I kind of talked to, uh, spoke to you a little briefly about it, Noel. I try to find the other side of this because uh, I, I get people's comments about Fox News. Maybe they're a little uh, too much to one side. So I was legit trying to find the other side. I went on to CNN's website. I cannot find anything on this Amish guy. I tried to find a few other left, you know, sided news broadcasts. I could not find anything on this. So I found it very peculiar that the left isn't really talking about this or at least give me like their point of view. Like, man, this guy's a, a terrible guy putting dangerous meat out there, whatever their point of view. I wanted to see it and kind of read it and I couldn't find anything, man. So I, I think this is really weird. I think the other thing that's weird, like you mentioned, the Amish part, this is their religion and the way they believe that's this, this is their culture. So it was never a problem before. And even the article mentions that for some of their like uh, bison meat and some of the other smaller stuff, they didn't care about that. They're like, yeah, you can keep selling that. That's fine. But the the, the big three, the, the pork, the chicken and uh, the beef is the ones that they were concerned about and wanted to make sure that they were regulated to the FDA's compliance to be able to put this preservative on it and whatnot. So. I don't know, man. I, I I I find it disheartening that the government might be doing stuff like this to our food supplies. Well, yeah, it's I've seen documentaries about that. The way you, the especially like slaughterhouses, they they wanted a specific way, and then the acids, uh, like the way they process it, because they believe it's like uh, uh, the food could get contaminated easily. Right or something like that. I remember seeing a documentary about that in the past. Um, uh, so, but it doesn't surprise me. It's uh, they have a tendency to to pick on, um, especially now with um, the the way stuff is handled by the FDA and all that. Um, the rules are always changing now, and the, the problem is is. Uh, like where people think organic is like the organic at the store is like it's a definition that was what it's not what you think at one time it might have been but now it's they made uh they changed the law what you could call organic and you look at it and it has like chemicals and shit <laughs> so it's just like they're they're just trying to control that market i guess 
but yeah if you read it all that the way when you process it and like the slaughter and then the processing with all those like what did it say lemon uh, or citric acid people think of like lemon or lime or some orange shit it's not it's just a bunch of chemicals that they they put on there because uh the way they process it with through the machines and all that is it's it's basically a preservative but it's not even like an organic preservative it's some shit that they put on there to me i think it's fine that he does it that way he should just have to label it that this does not have the citric acid or whatever other things and put some kind of label so that people that do buy it like Noel mentioned that they're dumb and they can't figure it out. They sign those put, contracts. Yeah, he lets right. them know up front. Yeah. Yeah, that you put a big label saying that this is the way it is. Like when you buy shit that has peanuts and it tells you this shit might contain peanuts. It's like it, it lets you know. So if you can't read and you can't comprehend English, then I don't know. You got bigger problems going on than <laughs> not, not reading. Like, uh, you don't got a sign here, but make your mark right. old school. Just put an right. X. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I think where you mentioned it before, the left not talking about it, I think that says a lot. I think they don't want to bring attention to it. I think they don't want people to start questioning things because once you start questioning one thing, it leads to questioning other things. And uh, without going too much into detail, there's definitely some kind of agenda going on. Uh, without sounding like a, like a conspiracy theorist, that definitely seems like there's some agenda going on where they're trying to control the quality of, of uh, food in the country and uh, make it so that it's not as healthy as it should be. Uh, there's a reason why many countries around the world ban a lot of U.S. products. They don't allow a lot of the products that are allowed in the U.S. out over there because they don't want to con- uh, contaminate their population with a lot of the preservatives and a lot of the artificial ingredients that are included in a lot of things in the U.S. Um, so, well, yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Like that whole that whole trend a couple years back of – plant-based meat and all that bullshit like uh i'm like well this is interesting and then you read about how it's made and all this like it's just they it's a lot of fucking garbage like <laughs> it's a lot of preservatives and they well, not process all of it shit. but yeah there, there a are a big some. chunk of it if you read right. look into it it's like it's just it's not it's not good like i get it if you're a vegan and shit but if you read it like it's just it's a lot of filler, a lot of crap that's in it, and then like, it's not necessary. They 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 pass it off. It's if it's being healthy for you, but it just we have a burger. I mean, like if you have like regular ground beef, it doesn't have like all those fucking chemicals that they have in that plant based fucking meat and shit, you know. And like it's it's it, it might be fattier the the ground beef, but. It's uh, they pump a lot of shit, a lot of chemicals and shit into it. I, I think it's like everything else. If you see a label that says fat free, it doesn't mean douse your salad in it and drown it in it and it's going to be healthy. It doesn't mean that it's healthy. So you need to be educated and read the stuff and understand what's on it. Just because there's a big label that says, oh, no sugar additives. Well, it might have a ton of other shit that's bad for you. So it doesn't mean that, oh, I'm diabetic. No sugar added. Hey, man, let me down this thing and it's all good to go. You got to be a you smart know, that's consumer. That's a good point, man. That's a good point. Uh, so the other day I went to uh, Sam's Club uh, and I have an elderly friend that he's he's blind. So he needs somebody to take him to the store sometimes. So I'll take him to the store and, you know, help him shop and kind of point things out to him. 
and there was this uh, citrus drink that they were giving samples out of. He tasted it. He's like, oh, this tastes good. Yeah, I'll make it one of these. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't have any sugar. He's like, oh, it doesn't have – he's diabetic. So he's like, it doesn't have sugar? Oh, yeah, let me load up a box. So I loaded him up a box, and we're walking around or whatever. And I remembered something that the lady had said when we got the sample. She had said, like, oh, yeah, this gives me so much energy. I feel, I feel it, like, right away. And I started thinking, like, why would it give you energy? Like, what the hell is in this shit? So I, I actually took a good look at it, and I'm like, oh, damn, it's got, like, taurine and fucking caffeine and all this other shit, like a monster drink. And I, I told my elderly friend, Mike, I'm like, hey, are, are you allowed to drink, like, things with caffeine? He's like, no, no, no. Like, does it have caffeine? Like, he got scared. I'm like, yeah, because he, he had a stroke. He had a heart attack way back. He has, like, a, a Ford Bypass or whatever it was. And so he can't have caffeine, like, not even a little bit. So after he drank that sample, he was like, oh, shit, <laughs> this is not good. But I'm like, <laughs> damn, but he was fine. It was just like definitely a good thing he didn't take that because he's like, if I had taken this home today, I would have drinking three or four one after another, not knowing it has this much caffeine. It's like one point five grams of a combination cocktail of caffeine and other shit. I'm like, bro, you would have died today if you had drinking three of these. Right. His heart's already in, you know, and he's diabetic. So it, it's crazy, dude. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about with uh, the farmer, I think part of the reason they want to, you know, make an example out of this guy is because they don't want him to become bigger. Once he's he, he has 4000 members right now, if it grows to more, if it doubles, if it you know quadruples and if little by little becomes more, he's going to become a millionaire. He's going to become richer and richer and be able to expand his farms. And this will become a new thing where, where it's healthier eating. And I just don't think the government wants that. I think they want people dependent on their pharmaceuticals that they obviously have lobbyists working to uh, make laws to benefit them. And I think, uh, you know, the, the times speak for themselves, man, like the era we're in, it's all about control. And uh, it seems like they're going after the little guy. I mean, I, I do agree on some control. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you're listening in government, it's cool, man. You could manage some things and help people with some things. But I think it's got to be smaller. I think uh, government's reach has got to be smaller instead of this wide consuming thing. You got to let the free market speak for what they are. And I think you're right, Noel. I think that people are willing, some people are willing to spend a lot of money on good food. And there are some people that they just want to pay a dollar for a hamburger. So there's a wide spectrum. Allow the market to speak for what it wants and let people get what they want. If they want a dollar burger, let them get a dollar burger. If they want to buy that, uh, grass-fed beef that's, you know, $15 for that same hamburger, let them pay $15 for that same hamburger. I mean, you should let the market speak and the people get what they want. It's like $22 a pound, dude. It's incredibly expensive. Yeah, it's a but... dollar and a quarter for that hamburger, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the dollar store isn't a dollar anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but how much is medication when you get sick, you know? So that's why it's like there's a trade-off. At some point... There's a trade-off, you know, you're, you're trading off right now the money you're saving. You're trading off for, like, complications, pain and suffering, and high medical bills down the line. And it's like, I don't know, is that really what the goal is? 
Right, but to each their own. If that's your prerogative, then amen. Delegas. Oh, for sure. But it's like at least let them know, like, hey, this is gonna right. fuck you up. You know, yeah. not like, oh yeah, let's keep our eyes closed. It's like, no, nah, let you know this is gonna fuck you up if you go this cheap route, and then let them do what they want to do. So it's like back in the day when you had those dick enlargement pills, like <laughs> those pop the pop up ads. You're like, is this shit for real? It's dirt cheap. I'm like, if it really worked, I think you'd be more expensive. <laughs> man, man, shit. Never needed that. Thank God I have that God good damn, genetics. Man. Shit, man. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, man. Yeah, it's again. It's uh, part. That's like Nanny said, and you said being part of a uh, a consumer is you got to get educated. Um, there's a lot of factors what you go into when you buy shit, and like the old saying goes, you pay, uh, you get what you pay for. Um, so I get it. There's a lot of economic factors depending on uh, uh, your economic situation on what you can purchase. Uh, but relatively, uh, like we always talk, you t- look at fast food, they have those cheap uh, uh, value meals or the, the value meal, like the dollar, two dollar. Uh, it's probably not the best thing for you to to get that, but if you're in a tough spot. You get a nice little burger for like a buck or two bucks and like a drink or some fries for like under three to four dollars. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do to eat that day. And I don't blame you for doing it. But health wise, Noel, what you bring up is probably not the best thing you could do. But you got to do what you got to do. And then there's people that just overlook that look at every, you know, keep track of every little thing that they put in their body. And uh, sometimes it's like overkill. Some I feel like. But I get it, man. They want to live long and and they got people to take care of possibly or whatever. But yeah, it's it, it's the thing. The best thing you can do is get uh, educated and learn what you can learn uh, when you make those decisions. Like, like there's a reason why why we put gasoline in our cars and not just like whatever alcohol or whatever shit will barely run it. There's a reason why we do that. We take care better of our cars than we do of ourselves. We get the maintenance on the car. We get the oil changes, whatever repairs it needs. Why? Because we need to get to work. But we don't take care of our bodies when we need it for everyday living. So I, I just don't understand it. But uh, like Daniel said, everybody's got to make their own choice. I just want to do my part to at least inform people uh, and spread the information that I get, you know, and and hope that somebody out there is listening and be like, you know what, let me make a change because, you know, you can always do better. I know, man. A double that double stack with a couple bucks is pretty good, man. And then <laughs> yeah, every they now and again, and it's fucking okay, ketchup man. and greasy. You ever every notice that again, these man. burgers are real greasy compared to everybody else? You know, I guess, but you know, I haven't gotten the double stack in a bit. But yeah, you know, you do have a point. I when I got the baconator one time, like oh, it dude, was like yeah. years ago. That was like doused in grease. I was like, holy shit. And they dude. put like that cheese sauce or some shit. Remember that? I haven't mm-hmm. been to Wendy's in forever, but it was, I re- I'm thinking about it now. Wendy's was always the greasiest fucking burgers, no matter which one you would get. I mean, that that's how burgers are, though. You really can't get out of that nah, unless you man, go you like go, super You get a dry. hamburger from a uh, burger from McDonald's. They're fucking dry as fuck. Uh, Bur- Wap, uh, the Whoppers Burger King, they're a little bit juicier, but they're not greasy. I guess it depends on if they've been sitting out for a long time, because McDonald's doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, that's just they'll give you an old. Yeah. But, but Wendy's like they give you generally fresher, uh, so maybe that's what it is. You know, it, it didn't have the time for the juices to dry up. 
<laughs> who knows but uh yeah i mean um for that being said that's all the time we got for this week i want to thank you for listening remember you can follow freeform network on facebook and twitter at freeform network also send your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com let us know there uh, if you're on that plant-based food or you guys go to amish people or you buy uh uh organic you buy whole cows and you know you know there's cows that get slaughtered uh, like farms you can buy a whole cow and they do the slaughtering there for you so i'm thinking do they do this whole process are they fda approved um you know let us know what you guys do with your protein and how do you get it at ffnquestions at gmail.com don't forget to visit our webpage at freeformnetwork.podbean.com there you see uh all our links to on a many uh to a bunch of platforms so to our how you consume our our podcast and we're we're still on itunes or apple podcast whatever they're called now we're on youtube we're on a bunch of platforms so whatever way you consume it hit uh, like subscribe buttons on there and leave comments uh that makes us happy uh so so for freeform radio we got daniel yes sir man i i got some leftover chinese food i think i'm gonna go eat me some chicken chop suey man man you think that's plant-based <laughs> well, some of it does have some vegetables. <laughs> and Noel. Hey, thank you all for listening. We uh, appreciate you greatly. And it's all good, Andy. We want to thank you for listening. And then I uh, hope everyone had a good Labor Day. We'll talk to you soon, man. Dad.